With your help, we can continue to fight for freedom. This is not possible without your generosity. Join our quest for the truth and our freedom and donate today. Simply go to tntradio.live. Critically analyzing global affairs. This is the Hervoy Moritz Show on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. We are rocking and rolling here this Thursday on TNT Radio. Yes, it's Thursday. Great two hours uh, coming up ahead. Returning guests, uh, first hour, David Morgan of themorganreport.com. Last time I had him on here on TNT was like April 2022, uh, a little under two years ago. That was a great chat uh, as well. You can check the archive. And Dr. Joseph Sansone of josephsansone.substack.com he'll be joining us a second hour to discuss the latest when it comes to the biosecurity states uh world war three the staged alien invasion and and uh, whatever else um uh you know we can think of too much stuff is going on absolute it's really is i can't even keep up with with what's happening um too many important events you know whether it's related to the u.s uh abroad covid the great reset but let's just start real quick intercept reported yesterday undercover some first some false flag news undercover fbi agents helped autistic teen plan trip to join isis again it's it's more of the same manufactured terrorism trevor aronson wrote a fantastic book I've interviewed him it's called uh the terror factory and it's basically non-stop the FBI this is this is in my, this falls under my definition of false flag they find some you know um autistic teenager who's not even 18 they're stringing him along and then as soon as he turns 18 um they arrest him and um charge him with terrorism where otherwise if he had hadn't had contact with the FBI he would have just been sitting at home you know and doing doing nothing and so the FBI is manufacturing terrorism we've got this report from Red State uh, Army Colonel J6 witness Millie is the Don Barzini of the deep state the Colonel and Army lawyer challenging the Army's official narrative uh, on J6 um he told Red State that the then chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff Mark Milley was the black hand operating outside his legal authority to delay the District of Columbia National Guard from responding to the protests that day. Again, for me, this is false flag operation. Clay Higgins in his interview with Tucker Carlson recently, Laura Logan said he had definitive information when it came, I think it was, again, um, of the FBI. He wasn't, he didn't have anything strong when it came to the military um but here's one example um now we have this example of Mark Milley uh holding back the National Guard from responding standing down kind of like standing down on 9-11 right uh military.com reports yesterday Army sees sharp decline in white recruits the Army's recruiting of white soldiers has dropped significantly significantly in the last half decade according to internal data reviewed by military.com a decline that accounts for much of the service's historic recruit, recruitment slump that has become the subject of increasing concern for army leadership I think um they've got the lowest number since 1940 that was reported recently uh and of course what you know why would you join uh, a, a military and army 
a government that hates you, that, that is anti-white, that is anti-conservative, that is anti-patriotism, that is anti-the American flag, I'd go do something else. So too bad, Washington. Cry us a river. Uh, and it, ju it just keeps getting insane. Like, I just got this news five minutes ago. Vice News reported today. I mean, like, I can't. I, I, I just can't. Democrats propose bill to neuter militias. The Preventing Private Paramilitary Activity Act would effectively limit most militia activity in the U.S. It's like... This is tyranny. I mean, this is totalitarianism. It's uh, mil militias are illegal. Um, it's just, I, I don't know what to tell you. The Preventing Private Mil Paramilitary Activity Act is being introduced by Senator Ed Markey from Massachusetts and Congressman Jamie Raskin of Maryland, both Democrats. So again, America is just on the fast road to tyranny. The global civil war continues. Uh, Papua New Guinea declares a state of emergency. We had Ecuador, now Papua New Guinea, declaring state of emergency after at least 15 people are killed in a horror wave of riots as shops and buildings are set ablaze. Uh, I really loved um, my past guest, William Robinson. He wrote a book on this. We talked to him about this. There's a global civil war uh, going on. Everything is connected. Cuba. Cubans prepare for 500% fuel price hike amid economic Prices. The government of Cuba has announced a 500% increase in fuel prices beginning February 1st as the nation suffers its worst economic crisis since the 1990s, with Cubans now readying themselves to weather what is being called a humanitarian crisis. Global civil war marches uh, onward. Um, and Dmitry Medvedev has come, uh, come out again, warning of um, nuclear war. People can check his Twitter account today. Um, He's basically discussing some of the latest Ukrainian-American maneuvers and warning uh, about um, Russia retaliating with nukes. Uh, a lot of Russia news. Uh, Sputnik reports today that the U.S. is working on creating a fifth column in Russia. The intel chief said that the U.S. plans to recruit Russian graduates of exchange programs to create a fifth column to fill the void that the previous uh, U.S.-backed opposition in Russia left when they had exited Russia and therefore in the presidential election scheduled for March. So the heat is on as Glenn something or other used to sing. I can't remember his name from Bever was it Beverly Hills Cop. Fantastic movie with uh, Eddie Murphy. All right. So much uh, more is going on. There are many ways you can listen to TNT Radio. Uh, you can stream uh, from the website. Uh, on any device, just hit uh, listen. You'll see the video there or get the uh, App Store, TNT app uh, from the App Store, Google or Apple. Uh, we're also live on YouTube, Rumble, Odyssey, Twitter X. We've got you covered on TNT. It's the stuff. What citizen wouldn't want to make American great again? People are talking about. Vilifying MAGO is just not going to work. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. On Thursday, Iranian forces seized an oil tanker carrying Iraqi crude oil destined for Turkey in the Strait of Hormuz, signaling the development of a new stage in the proxy war between Iran and the U.S. and threatening to increase fuel prices and drive inflation higher. Here with the story, joining me now, TNT News producer Adam Clark, a.k.a. Ruckus. 
Thanks, Rory. Uh, I think there was already a reaction uh, to this, i.e. the price of Brent crude oil jumped by more than 2%, up to $78.40 per barrel following the incident. It's very interesting. Uh, Iranian state media is reporting that the seizure uh, of this tanker is uh, in retaliation for the hijacking of the same vessel last year by the United States. What? <laughs> yes. Uh, this is a very strange story, uh, and it does not bode well, all things considered. Uh, apparently, we seized this exact same vessel. We, the United States, did. Okay. Uh, and now Iran seized it. This is this is strange. All right. So this is the Marshall Islands flagged tanker St. Nicholas. Uh, it was flying or sailing under a different name last year when it was confiscated by the United States for carrying Iranian oil. Uh, it was boarded by armed intruders uh, as it sailed close to the Omani city of Sohar. That is according to British maritime security firm Ambry, and its AIS tracking system was turned off as it headed in the direction of the Iranian port of Bandar-e-Jask. Following uh, the seizure of the vessel last year, Iran warned the United States that, quote, it will not go unanswered, end quote. Let's see. Iranian state media cited a statement by the army, um, saying, quote, the Navy of Iran's army has announced the seizure of an American oil tanker in the Gulf of Oman with a judicial order, end quote. In 2023, the St. Nicholas was seized by the United States in a sanctions enforcement operation when it sailed under the name of the Suez Rajan. The U.S. said at the time that Iran's Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps, the IRGC, had been trying to send contraband Iranian oil to China in violation of U.S. sanctions, while Yemen's Iran-backed Houthis have since October been attacking commercial vessels in the Red Sea, uh, allegedly to show support for Hamas uh, extremists who are at war with the Israeli offensive in Gaza, those incidents have been concentrated on the Bab al-Mandab Strait to the southwest of the Arabian Peninsula. Thursday's incident is located closer to the Strait of Hormuz between Oman and Iran. The vessel is manned by a crew of 19, uh, this according to Reuters, including 18 Filipi Filipino nationals and one Greek national, the operator said, adding it was chartered by Turkish oil refiner Tupras. The United Kingdom's Maritime Trade Operations, the UKMTO Authority, said earlier on Thursday it had received a report that a vessel located around 50 nautical miles east of Oman's coast was boarded by four to five armed persons. That's right. Just you and four or five, three or four of your good friends with the right equipment can seize a tanker. Uh, the armed intruders were reported to be wearing military-style black uniforms and black masks. Again, a scene straight out of like a Call of Duty video game or something like that. Uh, UKMTO said the chief security officer reported the vessel had altered course towards Iranian territorial water waters and that communication with the tanker had been lost. Uh, I think Iran, uh, the official 
state media was saying that this was not a hijacking. They want everyone to be very clear. This was a move of revenge. This is, they literally said, you did it first and uh, we warned you and here we are. Um, so things are certainly heating up, uh, Harori. What do you think about this? Yes, most definitely. One of the words I'm, I'm beginning to use now is crucible. Uh, the, the dictionary says a place or a situation in which concentrated forces interact to cause or influence change or development, a severe test, um, or, you know, where um, there's a high degree of, of of heat. And there was a fantastic book I read a few years ago with that um, word in the title, something to the tune of like um, the, the global crucible, basically that, you know, th that we're headed into it, um, as I also call it, the hundred year storm and it just seems like look iran not afraid they're, they're not afraid as you mentioned they're taking back their oil taker tanker from the biggest uh empire right i guess the empire is not so big um uh anymore and so uh you're seeing this all over the place you know you just look at the trends take a step back nicolas maduro venezuela on on, on, on guyana um china on taiwan russia and ukraine iran uh, here, the Yemen, the, the Houthis uh, as well. Um, and, and you know, just th there's so much breaking news today. You know, as we're speaking, just being rep reports now that the U.S. and U.K. have begun bombing uh, Yemen and the, the Houthis. Um, I, I, you know, I think the world's getting fed up, Ruckus. You know, I keep from the Syrian Arab News Agency I'm reading today, uh, and they are correct. It says U.S. occupation continues plundering oil from Syrian Al Jazeera region so illegally america's just uh, stealing syria 80 percent of syria's oil they're complaining again um today that they transported dozens of tankers of stolen syrian oil through the illegal border crossings to their bases in iraq so i think we're at the inflection point ruckus uh so it seems like something's about to break the the, the camel's back what, what what do you think i think it just broke uh, if what you're telling me is true, I did see some headlines about that coming into the show and I was like, oh boy, here we go. The party has started without us. We're busy doing our thing over here. We're going to miss it. Uh, just kidding. Uh, but maybe I'm not. But yeah, this is, if I'm not mistaken, these types of things now mark uh, what, you know, um, people like uh, Lindsey Graham have been waiting for because they, they wanted to take the fight to Iran. It looks like Iran just brought the fight to us. So I, I think uh, we're done pussyfooting around, and I think we're going to probably see what could be classified as World War III, but maybe not until uh, the history books are written. We shall see. Yeah, it's just, uh, and it's only January of 2024, <laughs> Ruckus, and, and the Houthi spokesman, uh, he responded, he said, uh, now America, Britain, and Israel are launching raids on Hodeida, Sana, Damar, and Sada. We will discipline them, God willing, says the Houthi spokesman Abdul Salam Jahaf. So, boy, oh boy, uh, it's really going to be an interesting year when it comes to military conflict, the coming uh, Davos meeting, cyber polygon, state of the US dollar, and whatnot. It's not going to be boring, Ruckus. <laughs> All right. Well, catch up with you soon. We've got David Morgan uh, coming up right now of themorganreport.com. He does great work. Uh, people can phone in 
uh, ask him a question or send it through my email or leave it in the interactive live chat. Uh, leave your questions there. We'll be right back. Jeremy now on TNT Radio. Being South African, I'm, I know the situation and it's incredibly dire. Basically, our farmers, mostly white, have been under attack for years and years and years. And when I say attack, I mean that physically, don't I? Yes. Um, since the dawn of democracy in South Africa, since 1994, we had an average of uh, one farm attack every second day. Um, so it averages around uh, 175 to 190 farm attacks every year. And we had a farm murder on average every fifth day. Um, but over the last few months, both of those numbers have picked up. Murders in other sectors of society are not accompanied by the same levels of brutality and torture as you will find in farm murders. Jeremy Nell on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Affordable housing, we can build that. Sustainable housing, we can build that. At MIT Modular, we understand the importance of housing for all and the importance of design, cost, and functionality. Our goal is to meet the needs of our growing population by converting shipping containers to livable units. If you're like-minded and in a position to invest in something meaningful and life-changing, we want to hear from you. We are a team of professional architects, engineers, and financial and tax experts dedicated to offering unique solutions that provide a brighter future. Our Opportunity Zone Fund offers investors both real estate and operating business diversification five-year tax deferral on capital gains, annual tax benefits, and ultimately tax-free appreciation potential. There are opportunity zones all over America. If you're interested in learning more about our services, need affordable housing, or want to participate in creating a new vision for tomorrow, give us a call in the U.S. on 385-985-5702 or read more at MITModular.com. MIT Modular. We can build that the top of the hour we'll keep on top of the news it's the most important thing we can do on today's news talk tnt radio all right returning to the broadcast last time we spoke i believe was april 2022 here uh, on uh tnt is david morgan an investment newsletter publisher author of a, of a number of books worldwide keynote speaker the website is themorganreport.com you can go there and subscribe to his uh a newsletter welcome back to tnt david well it's great to be back thank you very much thanks for coming on i was you know today i was listening to your recent interview you gave to mike adams of health ranger who also does fantastic uh work and you know um i i was i actually pretty vividly remember a conversation in april i very much enjoyed that we went really sort of deep into what was going on uh and i wanted to get your pulse uh, on things again and sort of the state of the economy where where, where do you uh where do you see us? It doesn't look very good. Well, it doesn't. Uh, I think we're going into the second Great Depression. Uh, I know that's not what people want to hear, but you know me, you've listened to me. I tell it as I see it, and I usually back it with as many facts as possible. I think the, the biggest picture that we could start with, but it's your show, is that we are hearing globalism constantly. But yes, actually, we are in a de-globalistic mode. Uh, from a goods and services standpoint. So let me explain. We're looking at less global trade, a shrinking and contracting economy on a global basis, which inserts more nationalism. 
because as above, so below, the macro picture, if we look at the global economy is contracting, which means if your own household is, let's say it's a two income family and the and one of the parties loses their job, now you've got a contraction in resources. So you start to muster what you do have, what you've already saved and that type of thing. I think that's a pretty good metaphor for where we're at. So even though the weffers are pushing their agenda more and more and we're getting more, you know, I don't even know the right adjective because I can't make it an unprofane about what the WHO is proposing and all these edicts and mandates that are out there. And it, it looks as if they're trying to gain more and more power, which they are. But on a physical economic basis, we are in a contraction mode, moving from a recessionary mode into a further currency war into a Great Depression. Could could we read that as as good news uh, in a way, even though it's going to be painful for people on the ground? Does that mean then um, that's mucking up the plans of the globalists? You know, there's paradoxes in life, and you know, I'm a big fan of them. You've got to die to live, surrender to win. All these things that don't make any sense until you understand the context. Yeah, I think as a as a nation state, the West particularly, I'll. I'll route out America, but it could be North America, we have to hit a bottom. We know the price of everything and the value of nothing. And that's one of the main problems that we have. Everything is, you know, instant gratification. The selfie of, you know, two minutes ago is good enough. I need to take another one, that type of, you know, mental instability. And so we've got to get back to basics. And we are, we're going to be forced there because of the contracting economy. So is it a good thing? Yes, I think it is because we'll start to learn the value of, you know, one of the things I didn't like when I was, uh, let's say, not as mature as I am now, and that is all the best things in life are free. Oh, come on. Can't buy it. What value does it have? Of course, family is very, all these things that are free. I mean, just beholding a sunset, you know, it's just incredible. What can you put a price on that? So we don't want to digress too much, but yes, we need to see the natural order of things. And the natural order, I contend, of all my work in the economic, global macro picture and honest money, really revolves that I would say at this point, I've decided that there is an economic mother nature. That the, you know, the business cycle is a cycle within the greater one, which we see about every 400 years, which we're now experiencing. And this is where you get the end of the age of empire. You get a complete reshuffling of who's who and what's what. But I think it's 80% of the countries this year actually are up for new, uh, for political change, which means these 80 countries are gonna vote. Now, as Lenin said, let them vote. We don't care what they vote. It's who counts the votes that matter. So I'll have to throw that in there because I'm pretty apolitical. I don't like either party. But nonetheless, uh, the idea being that there's going to be the attempt to change almost eighty you percent know, of the world's leaders. That's pretty incredible. Yeah, you mentioned cycles. Uh, I've had past guests on use phrases like global civil war and how the system is collapsing, and we're just seeing now. Uh, you know, I'm down here in Mexico. Um, in the first week here uh, of January in Mexico, three political candidates were already killed in different states in Ecuador. Uh, there's like a civil war going on now just a few days ago. Today, I'm reading Papua New Guinea. Uh, and it, I think this is related to what you're 
talking about this cycle that's collapsing the economic system uh populism rising so i i liken it to the 100 year storm and whatnot um and you know the thoughts on any thoughts on that but also inflation it seems like it seems to be uh there's an attack on the middle class uh and, and the middle class worldwide is having a hard time yeah i'll answer that second just a real brief insert there's a book by an anthropologist and the name of the book is debt b-e-d-t a pretty thick book pretty tough read and uh what's interesting in that book several things but one that came to mind was uh, mexico and the females and that uh, you get a certain change in a the whole structure when you have female leaders. Uh, I'm not saying good or bad. It's just an indicator. And the indicator's right there because don't you have two or three females running for president? Am I mistaken? Yeah. 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 So coming back to the inflation. Yeah, inflation destroys everybody. And it is insidious. It continues to move on. People say, well, a little inflation's good, but a lot's bad. And it's not true. It's overall bad, but it is everywhere. It's much greater, of course, than the government's report. It's destroying the middle class. It has been doing so for quite some time. It'll continue to do so. And again, until we get to that, what I call the bottom. And unfortunately, it's not perceived as um, an It's not perceived, actually, by many people until it gets high enough where they can't miss it. And I was talking on another interview this morning about you know, how things form and people are kind of blind to them, at least initially, talking about the Great Depression of the 30s in the United States. Of course, it was really global. But uh, the soup line started with two guys, in, right? And then the following week, there were seven guys. in, And then, you know, two months later, there were 27 guys in it. But, you know, six months later, it went around the block three times. And that's when everybody knew we were in the Depression. But if you wanted to mark when it started, you might have started with those two guys. That's sort of a metaphor for where we're at or an analogy, I think. We've already started. A lot of people are in denial. As long as their stocks look good and their 401k is intact and they've got a steady job, then it's the other guy's problem. But no, it's everyone's problem because it's based upon real stuff. And there's less real stuff. And the real stuff that you need keeps costing more. Yeah, and I have been seeing uh, reports of in, in Canada, in the U.S., Europe, food lines actually getting longer. So as, as you mentioned, uh, we are beginning to see that. We do have a caller, but we got to go to our headlines first. So so stay on the line, caller. Welcome, welcome. Coming up, important news. TNT Radio News. And that's the truth. For TNT, this is James O'Neill. In Fulton County, Georgia, District Attorney Fannie Willis is facing scrutiny over her interactions with the January 6th committee. Allegations suggest that Willis, while conducting a special-purpose grand jury investigation into Donald Trump, collaborated with the committee to obtain evidence against him. During a heated Iowa presidential debate, Nikki Haley, the former governor of South Carolina, and Ron DeSantis, governor of Florida, engaged in intense verbal sparring, with Haley labeling DeSantis as desperate and a loser. Congressional committees voted to recommend holding Hunter Biden, President Joe Biden's son, in contempt for defying a congressional subpoena. We're the pinup boys and poster girls for free speech. We just don't look as impressive as Vladimir Putin shirtless on a horse. Yeah. 
365. We never stop sifting fact from fiction, misinformation from the truth. From government overreach to the latest on mandates, big tech censorship to propaganda gone mad. Listen to TNT Radio and get the news and views direct from our expert presenters and commentators anywhere you go. Ask Alexa or Google to play TNT Radio or download the TNT Radio app for free from the App Store or Google Play. Today's news talk. This is TNT Radio. We're talking to David Morgan of themorganreport.com. Check out the website. He's on Twitter, X at Silver Guru and the number 22. We've got a caller uh, on the line. Uh, go ahead, caller. Uh, hello, Havore. Um, I was just listening to your conversation and you're talking about, uh, you know, will Americans have a lower standard of living and in the West, you know, and I think that's inevitable. Um, I'm not really into consumerism that much, but I think there's a big problem because they're weakening the nation. They're, they're, they're breaking down our, our power as a nation. So it's like, yes, we could do with reform. Yes, we could do with like living cleaner and things, but it's bad when we're getting broken down as a nation. I just want to say like, when you were talking about that, it popped into my head about the Tower of Babel and God saw them build a Tower of Babel and said, oh, if they can do that, they can do anything. And it's like the West, I mean, people are turning to God to help them, but I think in the West it's being laid low by God. You know, that they want to level the playing field and they're trying to destroy our power here. You know, this, it's spiritual, it's divine. But anyway, I hope that's not too off the topic because it's, it's, you just, it prompted me you're talking about lower standard of living and all that. So. Yeah, I, I'll just, you know, I'm a fan of John MacArthur, the pastor out in California who, um, stood against one against the government when they tried to shut down his church during COVID-1984. Uh, and he said that, you know, maybe America is uh, experiencing the wrath of uh, of God as well because of morally the way we've gone. Uh, I don't know if you have any thought on, on our caller's uh, comment, David. Oh, actually, I do. Uh, if you go to themorganreport.com and go to the About tab, uh, you get my bio. You already read it. But if you scroll down, there's a, a movie called... Uh, the Four Horsemen film. It's for free. And it goes into the age of empire and how we are at the, we've peaked and we're coming down. I said all that basis to go to the fact that in that movie, uh, way before Make America Great Again ever surfaced, I said during the film, and it's in the film, what used to, you know, we used to be great referring to America, but now we aren't great anymore. And I go on and on a, a soliloquy of stuff. And I say, what made America great was integrity. And that's true. What made America great at one time was we lived our word always and everywhere. It's the idea of contract law that I have to do everything I say I'm going to do. And I can't infringe on you or your property. rights. And those two basic laws were the foundation that made things great. Because if you traded with us, you knew you're going to get a fair shake. Of course, in the human experience are people that cheat, steal, lie, lie, and whatever, no matter what time frame we're in. But generally speaking, there are times where we have a much higher moral character than we do uh, at other times. And there's a direct correlation to, between the debasement of the currency and the debasement of the moral structure of the society. And we have been off the gold standard since 1971, roughly 50 years plus. And the moral decline of America, I would suggest, has accelerated during that five uh, decades. So, yeah, I did want to comment on that. Thank you. Can, can I say I, one I last I, thing? There? 
Yeah, go ahead. I think that um, it's almost as if you don't deserve to be on top of the world if you're corrupt and, you know, disgusting. <laughs> but if you can't maintain basic standards, you won't be allowed to rule the earth. You won't be allowed to be the top dog if you just can't maintain the basics. And America's failed to maintain the, the entire West has failed to maintain basic standards, turn into a disgusting pedophile cult. Of course, it's going to be destroyed on Judgment Day. But anyway, it, the only option is for us to change that and reform and be worthy of breathing air. <laughs> yeah, everything that comes up must come down. Uh, every empire has its day in the sun. Uh, there's nothing new under the sun. So th thanks for that. Uh, I'd agree with you. Um, and, uh, you know, before continuing along the lines of the economy, um, David, you, you mentioned America crashing and just I'm looking at the headlines recently. It's absolutely nuts. There's this, this talk of a second civil war. Movies literally titled Civil War are coming uh, out. Um, I, I'm reading that the recruit the recruitment the numbers of the U.S. military are the lowest since 1940s. Uh, military.com reports today that um, uh, white Americans don't want to join join anymore. Uh, Democratic uh, politicians uh, just uh, this month are trying to outlaw militias now in the u.s <laughs> and then they're coming after trump and i'm like you i'm not really uh i, I we have a union party system but i mean we're just seeing so many of these trends that uh we're also you know in this police state and you know any other thoughts on, on this sort of situation yeah i like the last comment the caller made and <clears throat> i think the distinction's this we used to be the leader of the free world there's a big difference between a leader and a ruler and we haven't had a leader in, uh, in this country for a very long time. And that's what we need. We need someone out there metaphorically at the front of the battlefield. But, you know, who wants to join an army or, you know, the military when uh, you know that every religion teaches, you know, to kill is wrong, you know? And why is one group dressed in a certain color better than another group? I mean, it's appalling to me. But the whole idea is... <clears throat> that we've lost our leadership role because we, we may have earned it uh, at one point, but we've lost it a long, long time ago. And no one likes to be told what to do if there is no substance behind it. And the whole thing, again, I could point mostly to the money system. It's, it's more than that, of course. But when you can lie about money, you can lie about anything. And if we teach our kids that you can't get something for nothing, yet the whole system is based on the fact that a certain elite group can print something for nothing and buy anything with it anywhere in the world, something's got to give. And that's same scenario is played out over and over again. It's just never been on a global basis. And we haven't had, to my knowledge, 8 billion people on the planet before. So we have got a situation that's going to be most interesting. Uh, just coming back, and I want more input from you, but the Civil War idea, I mean, it really, it really upsets me. You might feel my emotion, but I don't like the idea, but I also know how the media is controlled so much unless it's alt media such as yourself. And thank you for what you do. And, and congratulations on going through diplomacy in Geneva and all that you've done and all that you continue to do. It's important that we are able to have straight talk and truth with each other. That's what's powerful. And yet we are basically censored unless we have certain platforms. And I even find myself after all these years being more and more politically correct because I still have my main YouTube channel and I, and I do it subconsciously, but I still do it. And, um, and I don't like it, but I also feel that half a loaf's better than none. 
In other words, if I could, it's not a half truth, but you have to read in between my analogies or my, you know, metaphors or whatever to get to what I'm really saying at times. I don't like doing it, but I also feel that I can only do what I can. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I've sort of done the same. I still have a YouTube channel. I call it Pentagon Tube uh, uh, for my Geopolitics and Empire podcast. And I had Bob Moriarty on recently of 321gold.com, uh, Vietnam vet. Uh, and uh, I only put a snippet. Some some guests I'll pull up the full put up the full episode, and others like Bob will put two minutes and tell people to go elsewhere. So that is a bit of self censorship because I know the regime is going to take it down. And you said something's got to give, and your thoughts on the dollar uh, and the multipolar world that is coming about. Uh, you know, I've got mixed feelings on that, but it just seems countries now are de-dollarizing, um, just cutting out the dollar. Uh, in their bilateral trade and i think at some point um something's going to give and then the the debt right i think we hit 34 trillion now and it's like i've ha i've had guests on recently uh, economic experts you know talking about how it's going exponential now so you know thoughts on the dollar uh and then the consequences for uh, us at home maybe hyperinflation but also for the rest of the world uh you know uh, your, your thoughts on BRICS multipolarity and all of that yeah, I make some excellent points. First of all, the uh, the counterparties to the dollar are who? Well, it's world trade. And the BRICS in particular are sick and tired of getting a piece of paper that you print for nothing to give them real good real goods for it. And that's going to end as it should. So if we take away the dollar, we take away the currency system and we look at what do we have. So in other words, we're just going to do a barter system on an international basis. You know, what do we what do we have in America? advertising, war, and pornography. I mean, that's not a very good, you know, basket of goods to trade. You know, yes, we do still grow a lot of food, mostly GMO, unfortunately. But um, you look at who's got most of the uh, real power, and that's energy. Who's that? The BRICS. They have about 60% of the world's oil. All right, that's real power. And so it's, it's breaking down in front of our eyes how it's all going to sort out. No one knows. I don't think the people at the tippity top, top, top know exactly they might have what they plan to occur, but there's too much randomness in the universe to actually know how to guide things, especially the point of unintended consequences, because you might just piss somebody off uh, enough to where they're going to do a reaction that you never, ever planned on. So unfortunately, it's time has come. I mean, going back to the leadership role and, and standing behind your currency and trading real for real. I mean, if we were still on that basis, where America had paid its debt and not screwed the rest of the world by exporting their inflation everywhere. We would have a different global situation right now, but we don't. We have what we have. We've got to address the problem squarely as you defined, and we've got to move on. And when, to get to the solution, we've got to define the problem accurately, and we already have. So what's going to happen now is we're going to get more and more nationalism. I said at the beginning of the show, people are going to start looking their own wounds, they're going to look after themselves, they're going to look in their own household, they're going to look at what they can do to protect themselves, what can they do to survive in some cases. And this is going to continue to contract. And of course, it's going to build ill will, because that guy next door to me has stuff that I should have because I've been taught, I really don't have to work for anything, I should get it automatically. And people say, well, that's really immoral, I would say it is too. But when the whole system is based just like that, what are they doing? They're basically following what they've been taught, getting something for nothing, something they don't deserve. And that's how the system is set up and from the banking standpoint. 
So really, whether they think about it consciously or unconsciously, they're actually doing the same thing at a at a micro scale. Yeah, and and um, you know, you mentioned solutions, and and one thing that I see people moving towards individuals as well as entire nations, and including the, the BRICS, is gold. Right? Um, I keep reading China's buying a lot of gold. Um, I think we're going to be hitting record high price on gold as well uh, pretty soon. Um, it's it's time for our break, David, but I do want to come back and continue uh, get your thoughts on gold, uh, of course, silver and, and other such uh, metals. Uh, a reminder that the website is themorganreport.com. Follow David on Twitter, X at SilverGuru22. Uh, again, feel free to call in. Or, or send your questions through email or the chat. We'll be right back. Our beautiful world is changing, withering, dying by the hands of those who don't value nature, even though we all depend on it for life itself. But there is hope. Together with caring friends, the Nature Conservancy can restore our lands, heal our waters, and save our wildlife with big solutions only nature can provide. But every day we lose more of the places we love, and we urgently need to save endangered lands, waters, and wild species. The actions we take today will determine the tomorrow we leave to our children and grandchildren. The water they drink, the air they breathe, the beauty they experience. To learn more about how you can help protect and conserve our beautiful world, visit nature.org today. Hi, I'm Susan Lucci. I never thought about heart disease until I had my own heart event. At first, like so many other women out there, I ignored my symptoms. A slight pressure on my chest, shortness of breath. I thought, I don't have time to be sick. I had a 90% blockage in my main artery and a 75% blockage in the adjacent artery. I received two stents in my arteries, stents developed through research funded by the American Heart Association. Those stents saved my life. I'm so grateful to the American Heart Association. Their research helped save my life. I can enjoy life with my children, my grandchildren, and my friends. Please, listen to your heart. The only reason I'm here today is because I did. Learn more about the American Heart Association's life-saving work at helpheart.org. You're with Hervoy Morich on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Time is flying. It's our final segment here with David Morgan, themorganreport.com. Uh, check it out, subscribe, bookmark, and find him on Twitter, X. And uh, I was talking about gold before the break. And so um, your thoughts on the price of gold where it might go as well as this um the, the trend of other countries and central banks buying up um gold sure first of all i think it's important to know that gold is a barometer not a thermometer so a barometer tells you the storm is coming gold making a new high in all currencies including the u.s dollar is signaling a storm ahead so i think that's the most important point i can make as far as on a price structural basis Almost all the metals were down last year, save uh, just a couple. And the ones that were up were like copper, uh, I think 10, and they were up like 1% or 2%. Silver was level or up slightly. Uh, <clears throat> so gold, the money metal, was the only one that really performed. It was up 13% for the year. Why? 
because the run of the gold has already been established and it's been established by the central banks. Why are central banks buying gold? Because they know the system's ending, they know it's corrupt, they know everything we've talked about already. And so if it's needed as the money of last resort, they have it available. I do not think we're gonna go in the next monetary system with any gold backing whatsoever, but <clears throat> we could, I doubt it. So as far as price goes, everybody wants to know what my price is. I just wrote the January issue of the Morgan Report and that I said, I thought 2,500. Without the uh, black swan, you know, if this war really accelerates civil war in the U.S., an A-bomb, uh, Straits of Hormuz get blocked. I mean, any of these things that are out there, I mean, you can see gold go up limit three or four days in a row, and all of a sudden you're pushing toward 3,000 or something. But I don't see that, uh, but I don't want to leave it out of my, of my answer. <clears throat> I think we're going to see a, a move forward, and we're going to see more and more uh, settlement in gold. I think we're going to see the Asian countries really start to take over the gold market. I think that the London Bullion Market Association and the COMEX are basically losing power and you're seeing more and more power in the East. Certainly we've been throwing uh, gold at them and they've been throwing currency at us, meaning the Chinese or the East basically. Both Russia and China have been big buyers of gold as, as have other foreign countries. So it's uh, politically inert. It's um, money of last resort. And I do think it could play a, uh, a important part in the new monetary system. If the proposed, let's say, trouble in with the CBDCs fail, if they fail, they're almost in, required to go to some type of gold tie in order to gain the confidence of the public again. But it isn't that hard to gain the confidence of the public if you're running out of food. People will do anything to get that, you know, that little chit or that digital ID or whatever is required to be able to get in that soup line. And that, unfortunately, is a, certainly a possibility. Where do I put that? Uh, Rari, I would say probably in the um, high, probably 20, 25% rate. Yeah, and I, I do want to ask you more about CBDCs, but before going there, uh, silver. I'm going to ask you about silver. Um, I read some news the other day. I'm, I mean, uh, you're the expert here. Uh, I don't know if this is fake news. It kind of does seem like it, but um, there was a report that the USGS, the Geological Survey, publicly stated that the world's silver supply will be depleted by next year, 2025. Um, and it seems everywhere I'm reading, silver is a better bet than um, gold. Uh, and uh, your thoughts on uh, silver? Yeah, I saw that. In fact, somebody sent that to me. It's uh, it's misconstrued. Part of it, it's when I had those half-truths. Uh, the USGS, United States Geological Survey, publishes probably about 15 years ago that silver would be the first element to go off the periodic chart. And I think whoever wrote that for the USGS is kind of tongue-in-cheek because that's based on certain economic conditions. So the higher the price of silver, the more valuable it becomes the more you're going to dig out of the ground. You're not, so that's a half-truth and an untruth, but they were smart enough to take a good source and kind of play on it. Um, I do think that silver is a better investment than gold. And the thing that's the most part perplexing to me is that we haven't seen any institutional fellowship in silver this last year, basically, whereas gold keeps getting accumulated by central banks, uh, regardless of what nationality they are. So... Uh, silver is a non-monetary metal vis-a-vis -vis the banks only. I mean, the word silver and the word money is synonymous in all the Romance languages. I mean, if you tell somebody in Mexico that 
you know, Plata, Noah's Plata, they, they think you're out of your mind. You know, silver isn't money, money isn't money. What are you talking about? <laughs> Coming back on point, I do think that uh, the powers that be don't want to lose their power. They don't want to lose the control. That means control. They have control of the monetary system as it is. They want to maintain control and they'll do whatever it takes to maintain that, even if it means, uh, unfortunately, I'll say it, starving out part of the population to get that control and uh, put us all in line. Fall in line, you know, get your card, get your new ID, get whatever it takes to get your, your ration of whatever. And this is just, again, it really upsets me, truly does. It really, uh, it almost hurts me from the aspect of what's been done to us. But, you know, we can only do so much and there will be resistance. And they haven't won yet. And I think there's enough of us that maybe we can turn this thing around. Uh, I don't know that yet, but uh, certainly we don't have, uh, we don't know the end. Yeah, and you know they've openly told us. You know, Stan, Stanley Johnson, Boris Johnson's father, on mainstream TV, you know, saying we need to lower the population. They're they're starving us, uh, injecting us with all kinds of stuff, or trying to. Um, and again, before getting to CBDCs, your your thoughts on um, crypto? If I recall, you you were not too keen on it. Uh, Bitcoin. Someone uh, asked your thoughts on the Bitcoin ETFs that are being um, discussed uh, right now. Also, it was reported that the IRS has come out with um, insane rules now that you can't even comply with when it comes to, to to crypto. They say that you have to now like report the sender's address, which you don't have, and you get two weeks to report $10,000 or more in crypto or you become a felon. So it seems like they're trying to eliminate any alternatives to CBDC. You know, any thoughts on, on, on Bitcoin or the cryptocurrency space? Oh, plenty. Um, <clears throat> I wrote an article, two, my two bits about Bitcoin. You can look it up. It'll direct you to my website. I said in 2014 that if it really was a pushback to the powers that be, watch out, they'll do something about it. Um, as far as the ETF, uh, I'm free market. I mean, if you want to blow your brains down on Bitcoin, go ahead. I think the big move's over. I called the top at uh, 65,000 and said that was it. And so far it is. I did a whole series, I think, 30 interviews, 30 podcasts called uh, The Crypto Conspiracy. Do a lot about Bitcoin. It's on the website for free under the blog tab. So uh, I would say that, yeah, if it's a true competitor, they're going to do what you just outlined. They're going to make it very, very difficult to use it as an alternative. And there are people, they'll say, well, they have to pull the power to remove electricity to get rid of Bitcoin. Well, that may be true, but if it's a felony to, you know, trade more Bitcoin than 10,000 and not report it, you know, that's, uh, that puts a lot of clamp down. The interesting thing about Bitcoin in my crypto conspiracy series is that it's really been taken over from what it was started out to out for, at least in the white paper. And basically it was to get rid of the banking system, have no decentral, you know, no central control, decentralized money of the people for the people and by the people. Unfortunately, MasterCard has basically taken over and the whales run it. And most people that own Bitcoin own like 0.05% uh, of a Bitcoin. And uh, the whales own, you know, a lot, but there's very few of them. So it's basically, you know, the banking system that we already have in Bitcoin form. I, again, I'm neutral on it. I think that um, the, as you outlined, Part of it is to make sure that, uh, you know, crypto bad, CBDC good. Yeah. And um, 
you know, we got uh, about four minutes left. You know, other thoughts. Uh, my worry is the digital ID that they're trying to bring in now, many countries, and then that's the foundation. Then that's the first step. Second step is CBDC. So, uh, as you said, we're in this battle uh right now and it's hard to you know it's like lord of the rings uh you know i think you know hopefully good guys win um i, I think i and there's this great taking um book and documentary i believe you just interviewed um is it david forgetting his name webb uh, or, yes. or webber it's you on your it. website david rogers yeah, and, webb yes yeah uh you know any you know further thoughts on on this uh and any, any other um uh, key themes yeah well thank you again for having me on the show one is uh, the the Bay research interview I did on bank bail-ins is the I think the most viewed uh, video I've ever done. Two and a half million people. So if you have a bank account, it's really not your money; it's their money. And David Webb went one step further. And if you have a stock certificate or a bond certificate, it's really theirs, not yours. You're just a beneficial owner, not the true owner. And it all out collapsed. The uh, beneficial owner is at second place and first place is the securitized person, which is basically a legal fiction, meaning the uh, the elite banking system again. So they basically, in theory and at law, can take it all. So you will have nothing, and of course, we'll be very unhappy. So I'm not trying to paint a picture of gloom or doom. I'm trying to point out what they have done to us. It's not right, it's immoral, it's wrong in every sense of the word. It's pure evil. And all that we have to do is shine a light on them and live in a good good way and be good communicators. And of course, it doesn't hurt to have some food and water in storage. So. Yeah, yeah, you know, and a lot of my guests like yourself, I, I spoke to Ron Paul a couple months back and he said, you know, what we're doing is pamphleteering. We need to just keep speaking the truth, keep shining the light. That's like the number one thing to do. And then of course, as you mentioned, grow some food so you can feed yourself to be able to continue telling uh, the truth. And then, uh, you know, having um, energy uh, as well, uh, it, whatever uh, means. Um, we are about two minutes to midnight. You know, any other thoughts? Uh, and, and I agree with you, like the, the situation is stark and we can't um, dress it up. We have to look at things as they really are. Um, and then, you know, start working together, networking uh, in real life as well as uh, digitally, internationally. And so, um, you know, any other thoughts for 2024? The wars seem to be popping off. I hope we don't go to World War Three. Well, I think I'll end with this. We've been here before, not you and I personally, but generations before us have. And we've gotten through it. So I think that's the number one point. Number two, in my interview with David Webb, he pointed out that when you do a self-organizing community, usually they run between 50 and 80 people. So if you go back to the tribal structures of old, and that may be what happens because as we talked at the beginning of your show, we're going into decentralization, we're going to nationalism, and that means it breaks down from you know, the national government to the state government, from the state government to the county government, from the county government into maybe, uh, I'll use the word tribal type of, uh, you know, communities, or maybe we don't have the ability to uh, have as much transportation as we do now. I don't know the future. The point is that you really do want to build a community. You can't win by being a lone wolf with a shotgun and a bunch of stored food. You have to work with each other and help each other. And really, that's the way the world works. I mean, I've traveled the world and that's how most people are. The problem is these psychopathic idiots that are at the top of the pyramid. I mean, if we could do away with them in a gentle ma manner, 
put them on one of those islands and let them, you know, play Monopoly all day, you know, we'd probably be a lot better off. We can dump in, uh, dump them on Epstein uh, Island. Uh, thank you for coming on uh, again. It was it's been a while. I hope you have a great 2024. Uh, the website themorganreport.com. Uh, check out all the stuff there. Uh, thank you again, David. My pleasure. Thank you. <laughs>